I only have two things on my mind right now. Yeah. One of them is Final Fantasy 16, and the other one is so like yeah and neither of those we things can't talk about intro. either of those <laughs> things yeah. especially not final fantasy especially 16. not final, final fantasy 16 and where you know uh, talking about the dominant and yes. Clive and uh, little, Clive. Joshua. Uh, little joshua little joshua joshua uh, i can't spoil what happens I... is a character named lil joshua <laughs> no, he's, he's just, just joshua he's just lil he's just lil he's just a little guy he's a little guy he's a little guy and you get to play as him and you go oh no joshua why are we play? Why are you fighting, little child? He, Sickly he, boy. He has to take a deep breath after every time he. I know he, he does like his falls magic over it. He's like, because <gasps> his magic is so hard for him. Oh no! So, just a little just, just a little I, I never would have thought of Joshua as like a okay, Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. This Final Fantasy. It's crazy. The naming conventions are so fucking weird because yeah. it's like you've got characters named Sidolphus and Benedicta. <laughs> I, I yeah. died when they right. told me Sid- his name was Dolphus and Benedicta, and then your main character's name is Clive, yeah. which is like, okay, that's fine. Sorry, this is not an intro. I guess I no. think this could be. This could be an intro. <laughs> this is uh, Juniper and Kat are yeah. giving a game review. No, I feel like, you know, I was enjoying People do like to hear our I was enjoying things. the banter about the silly names and we could even then segue into like Segway. Segway? <laughs> You've only ever read you've that unlo- word. You've unlocked. No, 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 guys. No, I know the word segue. Yeah, you've yeah. all, you did. I'm, no, but I'm talking about S-E-G-U-E. That's segue. That's segue. No, segue is S-E-G. No, that's, that's segue. That, that, is that, is, that is the, that is the vehicle. vehicle. The segue. Yeah. Wait. Now this has to be an intro. Okay, 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 okay. No, no, everyone slow down, slow down. So, so, so let me just get this right. Yeah. So the word S-E-G-U-E is a word, and yeah, that word correct. existed, and it's pronounced Segway. Yes. yes. And then they made the company Segway, yeah. and they named yes. it after it, but it's spelled. Yeah, they named it after it because it takes you from one place to another. Yep. Like, so they were like Segway. Like a Segway takes you from one topic to another. Right. Yeah. But they spelled yes. it Segway. They, yeah. they spelled it in a way that English people who speak English right. would read it, and for, they would immediately go, that's pronounced Segway. And they would be like, for, it's my way. Yeah, for capitalist marketing reasons. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's good. I'm learning. I'm learning these things. Mm-hmm. Now when I go to the big business conference and make my big speech, mm-hmm. I won't have to make a fool out of myself and all the shareholders. I had, I had the same experience with the word um, awry because I knew that there was the word awry. Oh, yeah. I just didn't know how to spell it. Yeah. And I also knew that there was the word awry, which meant the same thing. Ah, uh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> well, well, you know what? We're all learning new We're things learning. every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. I'm just ecstatic to not be the one learning for the first time. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. We're all learning new things every day except for Juniper. Except for me. refusing to learn anything. Uh, honestly, like the, the light Anything. In Juniper's eye when you said Sagu. <laughs> like I got I, I had the panoramic view. They were like the happiest I've ever seen them. <laughs> I'm really glad that I could provide that for you. Thank you. You're Earl. welcome. You really brought me joy today. <laughs> yeah, that's what I try to do when I, I go out into the world. Uh, I haven't been that happy since I first heard the coyote scream outside my apartment. Mm-hmm. Those are a good noise. Do you want to give us a sample of that? Uh yeah. <clears throat> Hold on. I like that. That's what they sound like. I would love that could be my ringtone. Yeah, I'm into it. Well, on that note, let's play some DD.
let's introduce ourselves. Um, uh, yeah, let's seg you into our introductions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, everybody, let us seg you into our introductions. Hello, my name is Kat, and I am the dominant of DMing. Whoa. People yeah. who are playing the latest Final Fantasy, they'll get that reference. Yeah. Hi, my name is Noelle, and I'm the submissive of DMing. <laughs> Uh, As are we all. Hi, my name is Juniper, and I am the switch of DMing. <laughs> not true. I'm trying to make a joke. Oh, but it's not true, though. No. So, no. <laughs> technically, technically right. Noelle, you're also, yeah, you're also, also not, not true. true. You're not the submissive of DMing? Yeah. Yes, I am. Players are all the submissives of DMs. <laughs> no, okay, you're right. I'll take that. Yeah, right. actually, what what would what would they be if not the submissives of D- DMs? I'm okay. Wait, hold on. Let me redo mine. Let me redo mine. No. <laughs> Christ. Okay, clearly you're not clearly the submissive. You are not the yeah. submissive. Actually, no. I go back. I take. I yeah. take back by taking it back. You're still not the submissive. Yeah. My name's Lil Joshua, and I play <laughs> Errol, who plays Slake, a half orc fighter. Nice. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I play Fran. Oh, I play uh, Corbin. Okay, so last time, your allies continued to pour in from all corners of the world, including our very good friends, who we all were so excited to see again, Artie, the Artificer, and also, I guess, Phelan, and also Nightblade, who turns out to be another one of Torva's children who's having herself a bit of a rebellion, and uh, her name is actually Sam, and she's here to help under her own free will, more or less. <laughs> Fran also uh, had a heart-to-heart with Phelan, an evil heart-to-evil heart. And Corbin, uh, you did the most cursed hand-holding love ritual to all of his friends. Uh, and then Mary and the Guardians had a little sleepover. And you got matching tattoos of a constellation of a thumbs up and... Then, Corbin, you had a talk with Sertinus, who was normal, <laughs> and told you that Raskar has entered the depths, meaning the Burning Ones uh, were almost to Esidel, and the time to strike was nigh. Uh, so everyone got suited up. They said their I love yous, and they gave their speeches and their goodbyes, and now it's time to go, go, go! It is a warm, clear night just before morning. As your invasion, your liberation, gets underway. You've all donned your armor. Mary has given her speech to rally the forces. The troops are assembled, and now it's finally time to begin. Fran, you and Mary meet with the leaders of each of your units before they depart. Laika, who will guard the civilians left behind here in New Estra. General Olivia of Ilfra, who will lead the advanced stealth team. Captain Carr and the pirates, who will command the ocean-bound fleet. And Trek, Selny's husband, who will advise the mechanists up on the mountain. With Fran's telepathic bond spell and Mary's ability to magnify it, you telepathically connect yourselves with each of the leaders before parting ways. And then, the mages start opening the portals. Mary starts, opening up the portal to Rudval, and into it step General Olivia and her eleven soldiers, along with the Grey and the hands of the Kiloni. 
When they step out, they are in the darkened streets of the ruined city. The buildings around them that are still standing are shut up tight, with their windows and doors boarded to keep any light from leaking through. The streets are silent and empty. The gray casts a cloak of darkness upon the group, and they move quickly through the night, their footfalls muffled by the gray's magic. Meanwhile, Mary opens up another portal, this one onto a cold mountainside. It's been a week since the first team of builders arrived to set up the scaffolding for the installation of your machine. Mary's eyes glow brightly in concentration as she holds the portal open, and through it, another team of mechanists and artificers quickly lug carts and wagons full of half-assembled machine that they have been working on tirelessly since you came up with your plan. They completed as much as was possible here in the valley, but the final installation must be done on the mountain. On the other side of the portal, Trek's worried eyes meet hers. Mary nods to him, and he curses. He yells to the team working behind him, but his words are swallowed by a howling blizzard. Rove steps out of the snow behind them. Her waterfall of hair has turned to snowfall. And all around the team, the mountain snow whips up as Rove widens the bubble in the blizzard that she summoned days ago to keep them hidden. Trek shields his eyes, pulls up his hood, and gets to work. Once they are through, the portal is closed. Back at the camp, a butcher in a bloody apron comes charging up to you, Corbin, with a fresh calf skin, still steaming. She hands it over with a grave look and informs you, this is her finest calf. What the fuck? (laughs) But remember that you have to burn a calf skin to... Yes. Her her message to the city. I thought that we were about to be killed by my Dude, I did too. I was like, damn. Corbin, Corbin cries while he writes because he's very sad about the dead cow, Aww. the dead baby cow. But he does write uh, his warning in the blood of the dead calf and then um, gives the villagers instructions to follow the gray's path. As soon as you finish your message, the skin bursts instantly into white hot flames that momentarily blind you. Then it is gone and the ash left behind in its place whips up and speeds away on a gust of wind. This done, you all move to the lake, where the last of the soldiers are being loaded onto the ships docked there. Mary clasps hands with the best of the portal makers, a young wizard named Suli, and together they open a portal to the shores of Sertinus Jaw. Through the portal, you see the pirates' other boats and the ships of the waveborn orcs. These ships are already dropping down gangplanks, preparing for the horses and soldiers coming through the portal to be redistributed among their holds. Finally, Mary gathers the last of the fighters, the Estrins, the Kukui warriors, the adventurers and fighters who have come from all over. You see a Salsorn, a tall man with dark must hair cut in a short quiff and silver eyes that flash in the light. He winks at you as he lines up with the group of mercenaries. Then... Mary, she opens up one more portal, and all of you walk on to the high plateau of the piece of Estra that Laika found. The smell of the forest, the trees, and the flowers hits you hard as you set foot on the soil of your homeland for the first time in so long. Mary kneels down in the dirt and plunges her hands into the soil. She gasps in pain or power, you're not sure. It's hard to tell. 
A small pool forms in front of her, a crystal clear water. Then the chunk of land shakes and rises out of the jungle. Mary sets her sights on the horizon across the water and begins to move you all toward it. All right, so for this first phase of the battle, this is all the stuff that you guys are not there for. Whatever happens here, whatever is attempted by your allies, it's all the result of the plans that you made earlier. For the sake of fairness and taking it out of my hands, I'm going to have you guys each roll a d20 for each of these events. A one to two, things go very badly. The goal is not accomplished and the unit is lost. Mm. A three through ten, things go somewhat badly. The goal is not accomplished, but the unit survives. Mm. Eleven to seventeen, things go well. The goal is accomplished, but there is a complication. At an eighteen to a twenty or plus, things go extremely well. The goal is accomplished. There are no complications. There will be four chances for you to add a d10. We'll call it, we're calling this a blessing. So a blessing is something that you can use to influence the battle in some way. You guys are receiving updates from the other parts of the battle as you established uh, a psychic connection with the other units. However, your influence from far away parts of the battle are going to be limited to things that you can do from a long distance or actions that you could have taken before the battle began. So you'll each get one blessing plus one extra for the group. You'll roll a d10 uh, and add the results to your fortune roll, the d20. And this will be able to push you from a total failure to either a partial failure or a partial success and so on. So this can help bump up a roll when you really want something to go right. So think about this for things that are really critical to your plan. Does that make sense? Any questions? That makes sense. I, think, I mean, yeah. once we... I'm trying to think of the four things that are the most what, critical. What, do we have to decide what our blessings go to before we know what the rolls are? Uh, you'll roll first, and then you can decide to add okay. or not. It's okay. six rolls and four blessings, right? Six I'm... rolls, four blessings. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. I'm going to say, Noelle, you are going to do the first fortune roll, which is coming up here. Oh, God. God. Speed <laughs> soldier. All right. So your first fortune roll is the harbor chain. So the city of Rudval, which is where the main gate down into the Dwarven Kingdom of Esadel is located, and where the Burning Ones and Raskar seem to be headed, and where you've chosen to launch the majority of your assault, is blocked by a cold iron harbor chain. Torva's soldiers have stretched the chain across the entire harbor, blocking any sea-bound forces from getting into the city. And that includes the Burning Ones, who you have planned to let enter the city first. Your magic would be useless against it, but you have another plan already. You've sent in a stealth team by portal as your allies very first strike against Torva. The stealth team led by the Grey and General Olivia make their way up the quay that rims the harbor, up to the hill where the glittering cold iron chain is anchored. They come upon the soldiers you knew would be guarding this spot and General Olivia's fighters ready themselves to set upon them. The Grey sweeps their darkness over the troops, and in the same moment, the Ilfrens attack. Torva's troops are taken by surprise, and the Grey's darkness keeps the sound of the fighting from carrying through the city. Meanwhile, the Kiloni kids slip through the melee, toward the place where the chain is attached. They come upon the stone edifice and see that the end of the chain is wrapped in thick straps of leather, 20 feet down from where it is wrapped around the waist of a large stone statue. Salini, 
who's somewhat the leader of the group, motions for the others to follow her closely. They grab the chain and try to work it free when there's a grinding noise above them. They look up and see that the statue has turned its stone ahead to look down at them, and it raises one enormous hand to bat them away. What the fuck? Mm-mm. All right, Noelle. Don't fuck this up, Noelle. Oh, these, these are my kids. Are about to die. These are my kids. No. Oh, my little tummy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm annoyed. It's okay. You got okay. this. Okay, that's a 15. That's a 15. So as it is, you have a partial success. Do you okay. want to bless them to a full success or are you going to stick with a partial success? I mean... To remind you, a partial success means things go well, the goal is accomplished, but there is a complication. Okay. I feel like this is important. It is, but my fear is that we should save our things for if there's like a full failure. How much higher would it need to be, like an 18, in order for it to be even like a perfect success? success? Yeah, total success would need to be an 18. So you don't have to roll very high on your d10, but... Yeah, you got to decide if, if you want to push this to a full success or are you going to s- settle with a partial success? My gut check is partial, but what do you guys think? I mean, a complication isn't that. A complication yeah. probably... Doesn't mean any dead kids, right? Yes, yeah. yeah, so the unit survives. If uh, That's that's going to be in all of these. Okay. If you guys succeed, the unit survives. So we might want to save it for if someone's going to die. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, you're probably right. Okay, let's do it. All right. Selene dodges out of the way of the construct's hand and the other follows suit running around the construct while it tries to swat at them. Eventually, they are able to lead it off the edge of the cliff and it topples into the water. The harbor chain falls, but it is still attached to the construct. What does that mean for us? It's in the water with the construct. That construct is still alive and it is still moving. But it's in the water? It's in the water. From your position on the floating island, you can see the ships as they speed across the water. The burning ones shine like a line of wildfire speeding across the ocean. Now that your army is on the move, Sertinus has switched from diverting their ships to speeding them toward the opposite shore. Your own ships follow, just beyond the line of the horizon, dim stars in comparison to the bright suns of Raskar's cult. The pirates, boars, sea orcs, and the full cavalry from Danmar ride aboard these ships, most headed for the plains outside of Rudval, where the attacks of the boars and those on horseback will be most lethal. Your stealth team has successfully sunk in the harbor chain, clearing the way for them to enter the harbor. But there's another line of ships. Moving from the bright city on the coast, they fly purple and black banners from Hero's Gate, and they are closing in on the ships that are headed to the eastern fields. They seem to be moving with their own supernatural speed, and Sertinus either does not notice them or cannot split his attention any further. There is a distant whistle, and then one of the masts of the pirate's ship bursts apart in a shower of flame. Captain Carr on the deck of his ship howls. They've got those damn war machines on board! Everyone, prepare to be boarded! All right, Errol. Okay. See how this goes. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm scared. Okay. So that is only a nine. All right. That is a partial failure. Um, And and what does that mean again? Mm. Partial failure means things go somewhat badly. The goal is not accomplished, but the unit survives. What do you guys think? Should we... What was the goal for this one? 
This is uh, your ships getting to the fields with your soldiers and the soldiers. Yeah, we need to do it. Basically, like, the idea of this is it's either something that we can do in the moment or it could be something that we did previously Mm -hmm. and we're going to flash back to it. Yes. Something that that you have pre-prepared that's going to save them in this moment. Mm. Okay. Okay, here we go. That's a nine! That means it's an 18. Yes, so now you have have pushed this up from a partial failure to a total success. Okay. Hell yeah. All right, so what sort of aid did you leave for them? What what have you done that changes the situation? I mean, I think like to get a total success, what we would have done is sent Phelan to go to Hero's Gate and sabotage their ships. So he sabotaged the weapons, the war machines on their ships, so that they can only fire once and then they like seize up and explode. Okay. All right. So after this first explosion, the the pirates are braced. Everybody on the ships are braced for more fire, but it doesn't come. And Carr stands up from where he had been ducked and he calls, their machines are down. Move, move. And as he says this, the pirates pull their ships up alongside the Heroes Gate ships and they swing aboard, easily dispatching the troops who had relied on their superior firepower. Nice. Hell yeah. yeah. Get fucked, idiots. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the pirates are able to fend off the Heroes Gate fleet and they arrive in the eastern fields with one additional ship, which they were able to capture. Ooh, hell yeah. All right, Juniper, you're going to roll for this one. You can do it. I'm so stressed. She's so stressful, dude. I'm so glad. (laughs) What am I I rolling, Kat? What's going on with the situation? Okay. Meanwhile, on the mountain above Rudval, your team of mechanists combined artificers from Estra, Esudel, Madria. They're all hard at work. You've planned in advance for multiple points of entry into the Dwarven Kingdom, And where there were no points of entry, well, you've decided to make your own. This team on the mountain has created a big drill. On top of the mountain, brought up through the portals, are the pieces of this enormous machine. Bigger than a house. No, no, probably about the same size as a house. It is an enormous, complex invention. The teams of mechanists curse while they work. Their fingers fumble in the frozen air and their breath comes in hurried puffs of white as they move fast. Trek stares down at the piece he just finished welding with shaking hands when he realizes that it's not just his hands that are shaking. The whole mountain is trembling and the snow shifts under their feet, sliding away. Rove, in her glacial aspect, bears ice-white teeth at the storm and plants her feet on the mountain. She holds her hands up just in time, and a wall of icicles springs forth as a giant ice worm bursts from the sliding snow. It slams into the icicles, shattering them, before tunneling back into the shifting powder underfoot. It's triggered an avalanche, Rose says, not looking back at the mechanists who have frozen in place, pinned by fear. I suggest you work fast. I'll do what I can. 
right, Corbin. How can you give me Big Drill? <laughs> this is the scariest You're responsible one. for Big Drill. Okay. You can do it. You can do it. Oh, no. What is it? It's a two. It's okay. <laughs> oh, no. It's okay. Okay, you can recover from this. You can recover from this. No, this this means that you can at the very minimum, if you roll a one on your fortune roll, you will bump it up to a partial failure. So, you can't have a total failure unless you leave it as is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we can't let Big Drill fail. Well, we also can't let all those people die. Yeah, that's, you know what? (laughs) You make a good point as well. All right, fortune roll, fortune roll. We've used up two now. Yeah. That's a five. That's a nice, five. Nice. Okay, that pumps it up to a seven, which is still a partial failure. So that's too bad. Do they survive though, right? That's yes, that means drill. they survive. Take a drill. But so here's the thing is, if they survive, that means that there's a chance later in the battle that mm-hmm. you can you can reorchestrate this. So yes. Rogue. I feel like I've let my friend down. No. <laughs> All right, but... Uh, you so what? You're what not sort responsible of, for the will of the dice. What sort of blessing keeps this from okay. being a total failure? Um, okay, I don't want to step on Fran's toes, but I do feel that being a druid, Corbin mm-hmm. would have had reason to be able to ask the elementals mm-hmm. um, to assist because he would have known that that mountain, scary, big storm, yeah, yeah mountain sure. cold, yeah. and elemental elementals, mm-hmm. right? So I think he would have had the elementals go and just kind of be on call right. for a situation sure. uh, and intervene, not necessarily because maybe they wouldn't want to take part in the fight, but to save lives if necessary. Yes, okay. Rove stabilizes the snow beneath their feet into a shelf of ice, but each time the ice worm charges her, the shelf dissolves back into snow as her concentration is broken and she's forced to fend off another attack. Trek sees their moment is lost and charges up to her. We have to go. Get us out of here. We'll save what we can. He yells over the howling wind. Rove stares imperiously down her nose at the dwarf and then nods. The ice elementals spring forth from the snow and secure the machinery, the pieces that weren't installed on the scaffolding, but are still preserved. And then Rove sends the entire ice shelf careening down the mountain. Your machine is not deployed, but the essential pieces are preserved, along with the mechanist team and Rove. Okay. I didn't even think about Rove. (laughs) I know, right? Can you imagine if Rove fucking died? I just assumed she's, you know, she's Rove. Like, she's fine. That could have been actually really bad because Torma could have used her to make another dragon, possibly, if he had a a corpsey laying around. A little corpsey. A little corpsey. Corpsey wartsy. I hate those. All right. Back to you, Noelle. Oh, God. All right. What do I need to do? Your island of land is approaching now, and you're close enough that there is a sickening drop in your stomachs as you hear the raspy, raw scream of the rage sweep across the water. Raskar himself stands at the prow of the lead ship, a twisted figure of fury and malice. He is enormous, thickly muscled, Every inch of his skin is twisted and pale with wicked scars. The line of bright ships glows white hot as the ships themselves are set aflame and the cultists dive into the water. 
The cannons on shore fire on the burning ships as they continue toward the city. The warriors they carried now hidden in the dark water and making their way to shore. A shot connects with the hold of the lead ship and the harbor is engulfed in flame as the explosives in the hold are detonated. All right, let's see how this goes. Little burning ones. Of course. So I got an 18 for this. Okay. (laughs) Total success. Total success. No, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. (laughs) You're like, man, could we have succeeded on Big Drill? Exactly. That's true. I wanted to succeed in the mountains. Nope. Sorry. These guys succeeded instead. I succeed in the bosser. All right. So Raskar leaps from his ship as it explodes, rushing through the air, propelled by supernatural force. He lands on the shore and howls. Brother, where is my son? (laughs) Ooh, drama. Family drama. Who could have done this? (laughs) The cannons on shore all turn toward him, firing in a panic. But Raskar slams his maul into the ground and a wave of force sends the blast scattering in every direction. Fire rains down on Torva's fortifications, sending his harbor troops scattering as more warriors emerge from the bay to give chase. Yeah, buddy. Got him. All right. Fucked, Torva. Errol? Oh, boy. As the attack on the city begins, the Grey, with the Ilfrin soldiers and the Kiloni kids, slip through the streets of the city. With their first mission complete, the stealth team moves on to the next task you've set them to. To get the citizens of Rudval out of the city before the worst of the battle descends upon their homes. The citizens, armed with the visions they received in their sleep from Pavia, are ready to move. The dark alleyways grow darker in a path that leads out of the city and into the forest. And the remaining civilians slip into the shadows. Let's see how their escape goes. Errol, give us a roll. Oh boy. That's a motherfucking natural Holy 20. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Yo. Okay. Damn. I love not having children's blood on my hands. <laughs> All right. The Kiloni kids remember their lessons, not just from the thief, but from the trickster as well. They move through the worried crowd, telling people whatever they need to hear to keep them calm. They lie easily and convincingly, telling people that this isn't really magic that they're using. They're going to be fine. They just need to keep moving. This is an invention that they've made that uses dark smoke to keep light from entering the alleyways. The Ilfrins move people along the escape route with incredible efficiency, well-practiced in moving civilians in their own besieged city. The civilians are safely hidden in the woods with the Ilfrins and the Kiloni to guide them. All right, Juniper, last one. Fuck me. You can do it. So, the civilians are out. Meanwhile, the ships that you sent out continue to sail. After dropping off their cargo of cavalry in the fields west of Rudval, the line of ships sails onward toward the sheltered caldera of Onya. In addition to the main gate within Rudval and the hole you plan to bore with your drill, Onya is to be your third point of entry into the Dwarven Kingdom. As your scouts reported, the city of Onya is guarded by Torva's monsters. And so, you sent your best monster hunters to do the job. These orcish warriors from Chakal Chahar 
united tribes from all quarters of the world. Each is expert in a different kind of monster slaying. A fiery light in the sky illuminates the ships as they grow closer, and Namavi puts down her spyglass and swears. They've got a phoenix. All right. That's a 15. A hey, 15? That's a And partial? you can use a thingy. Yeah, can, and, we, and we should use it. Yeah, there's no reason the not to. One. Yeah, All yeah, right, yeah, roll, okay. roll a d10. Uh, that's a... It's a nine. It's a, it's nine. a nine. All right, that is a total success. Hell Woo! yeah! <laughs> total success. The orcs move about their ships, preparing their weapons to take on a flying beast. They've fought various flying monsters before, and they have a plan prepared. They sacrifice one of their ships, the one with a ballista mounted to its prow, and send that in first. One lone, brave warrior stands on the deck, aiming the giant bolt until the phoenix begins its first swoop down towards the ship. They fire, and the harpoon sails through the air and lodges itself in the phoenix's wing. The warrior dives from the ship, but the monstrous bird's dive has been thrown off, and it misses the ship and hits the wall of the caldera. While it's stunned, the orcish warriors surround it in their boats and throw weighted nets soaked in seawater onto the thrashing creature. When the killing blow is dealt, the phoenix sinks into the harbor, and when it explodes, as phoenix are wont to do when they die, the waters dampen the blast. The orcs continue their advance into Onya, landing on the soft white sand beaches to face Torva's troops, who, without the support of their monstrous bird, are no match. Listeners, is that you? After all these years, listeners, could it be you? Here for the mid-roll, hot off the press. It won't be a mess, not this time, I'm telling you that, but it might be a lie on the mid-roll. Meandering like a babbling brook, it won't make you wish you were reading a book instead, because you're so engaged in the podcast. It's a mid-roll. Here today for you. If that song sounded derivative to you, that's actually a good thing, because I am intentionally paying homage to the format of the Letters songs sung by Elliot Kalin on one of my favorite podcasts of all time, The Flop House. And if you think that's irrelevant to today's proceedings, I'm afraid you are wrong, my friend, because a brief 11 years after I started listening to the Flophouse, we have just put in a request for a Jumbotron advertising this very podcast. Actually kind of worried that they'll reject it now that I'm directly referencing it in this mid-roll, but hopefully I haven't tempted fate too much and the podcasting gods will smile down on me on this joyous day. There's really no reason to tell anyone about it, but I'm just excited, so I'm telling you, sweet listeners. I don't think they'll necessarily ever listen to this podcast, but uh, just let me have this. You never know. Maybe one day, on their deathbed, they'll want to listen to 138 episodes of an actual play podcast, and they'll hear this mid-roll. Anyway, The Flophouse was one of the first podcasts I ever got really into, um, so I'm really stoked to be running an ad on their show. Elliot's taste in weird old movies and proclivity to randomly burst into song have long made him a podcasting role model to young Errol. 
And if you are looking for a very fun bad movie podcast, you can start anywhere, but two of my favorite recent episodes have been The Legend of the Titanic and The Best Horror Villains Two-Parter. Anyway, if it wasn't obvious, it's me, Errol, hosting the mid-roll. Noelle has been toiling away in the podcast mines, so I am here to relieve her for her mandatory 15-minute break. Seriously, though, these arc-ending episodes have required a lot of extra work on her part, and she's been creating amazing new music that you have hopefully noticed as well, so shout out to her for going above and beyond, as always. You're killing it, Noelle. God bless you. Wrapping up this huge story is no small feat, so thank you all for your patience as we finish up this last arc before we set out on a new adventure. By which I mean a new season of the podcast with a new story, not like an ill-fated expedition to the Arctic. And you know who has been provisioning us on our metaphorical adventure all this time? That's right, it's our dear supporters on Patreon. We sure have come a long way, huh, folks? And I have some new intrepid souls to thank this very night. Thank you to Nia, Jesse, Jess, Lily, Anaconda, and Alex. When life is like a ship full of improperly canned goods that are tainted with dangerous amounts of lead, you are like the hot doctor that helps us by amputating our legs or something. I honestly can't remember a lot of what happened on that show. I only watched it once. I mean, I know amputating our legs probably wouldn't help us with lead poisoning, and I don't want you to think that I'm saying you're not helpful, because you are. I'm saying, like, if we needed our legs amputated, I know we could count on you. And I hope you know how much that means. I'm sorry, I've been kind of dizzy lately. I do really want to convey how much we appreciate you on this wild ride. I love telling stories with my pals, and I'm so grateful to all the folks who support us in doing that. In my book, you're part of the crew, part of the ship. And you know who else is blowing wind in our sails? Actually, wow, I should have used that metaphor for Patreon. That's way less convoluted. Honestly, I don't even know why I'm thinking about ill-fated ocean expeditions. I guess it's just what's on my Tumblr dashboard a lot. Shout out to friend of the podcast, Hannah Haverkamp. Anyway, blowing wind in our sails is good. It makes the ship go faster. So thank you to our recent reviewers on Apple Podcasts. Cassandra Lana, Junebuggin13, and Names AIT for your sweet reviews. They were succulent and rich in vitamin C, like the flesh of a noble turtle that has lived for over a hundred years. I have one more special listener to thank before this mid-roll is through. I hope I pronounce your name right. It's spelled K-O-R-E, so I'm guessing Kore. I am deeply sorry if I got it wrong. Thank you so much for your lovely letter and thoughtfully selected stickers. I loved the frog, I wanted it as soon as I saw it, and so I was delighted that it was addressed to me. Thank you for your support, your sincerity, and your dog pics. You have truly warmed the cockles of our frozen hearts. We love to receive listener mail, but if you'd like us to mail something to you, you can also support the show by grabbing yourself some merch from our store. The River of Lights pin and stickers that I designed for our annual gift to our mail tier patrons are now available to purchase at legendlark.store. The pin is gold and shades of purple, and the sticker features gold foil printing for that extra kick. I'm really happy with how these designs turned out, and I hope you will be too. We've got loads of cool stuff available in the store, including personal messages and ads if you want us to shout out your friend or your business on our podcast. Well, with another hinged and cohesive mid-roll nearly through, there's only one loose end left to tie up. That end being 
of course, a message to Chantel. Chantel, the code word is Sir Chompington. The sleeper agent is active. Go. Your recovered chunk of Estra has flown over the water at breakneck speed, transporting the Kukui warriors, 50 Estran fighters, Wea, god of archers, the Vengeance, who you know as Sam, and the four of you, as Ava, the songbird, flies alongside you. The floating island now finally arrives over the city of Rudval, where Mary slows its pace to find her target. The city is a shell of what it was last time you were here, and it hadn't been in great shape then. Ahead, the first sun glints off of a cloud of snow at the top of the mountains which crown the dwarven settlement. As the shadow of your island passes over the besieged city, you watch as the burning ones begin to emerge from the harbor, following their god onto shore as Raskar, enormous with muscle, his skin covered in scars to the point where there is no piece of unmarked flesh on him mows through the apparatus of destruction which guarded the water. His warriors don't seem to notice the strange shadow passing over the city, but you witness the pause from Torva's troop as the alarm travels down the line. An alarm that proves fatal to each one who takes it up, as the Burning Ones seize on their momentary distraction to rush the beach, surging from the waves like drowned wraiths. In the distance, the line of shadow which covered your civilian's escape route dissipates, signaling to you the success of their mission. Okay, so this is phase two of the battle. We are still going to do fortune rolls to see how much of your plan works out, but there will be some differences. Uh, for one, unless you have a total success on every roll, you are going to lose troops. We are now in all-out combat, so success is a matter of how many casualties and where. Also, for your blessings in this phase, uh, you have one blessing left over from phase one that was not used. But after that, if you want to use a blessing to improve a fortune roll, you are going to have to give up your turn in battle. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Um, or there, there are some other mechanics. You'll be able to send fighters who would otherwise be like with you on the battlefield, but then they'll lose their turn. So basically, you, you're going to have to think about how you're allocating yourselves and how you're allocating your resources if you want to affect the next fortune rolls. Okay. Unless you roll really well, and then we won't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that'll happen. So the additional fighters that you guys have with you that you're bringing into the city, you've got 50 of the Kukui warriors. Their group as a whole, basically, um, for their hit points, I'm just doubling it. Everybody has two hit points. So you will, as they lose hit points, you are going to be losing fighters. Oh, like dead. Yes. Dead zoes. Dead zoes. So they have 100 hit points. hit points. Yep. Plus eight to hit and they do 20 non-magical damage every time. It's just flat damage. So they're gonna, you can slot them in uh, either in your combat or elsewhere on the field. Uh, then you've got 50 Estrin warriors, mm -hmm. 100 hit points. Mm -hmm. They will do 30 magical damage mm -hmm. and they have plus six to hit. Now you've also got a couple of gods with you. Oh you've yeah. You've got Wea. With all the gods, it's gonna be a recharge. So this is something that is used mostly with monsters in D&D, mm -hmm. but you'll roll a D6. For Wea, if you roll a six, you'll be able to use her again. Um, so you get one use right off the bat, but then if you want to use her again, you'll have to roll to recharge. Uh, and she is plus 18 to hit, and it is going to be 40 damage. Magical damage? The gods can either do magic or non-magic. Cool. So then you've got Sam. Sam? 
Sam. My dad. (laughs) Ilya. That's Ilya the Vengeance. That's um, Nightblade. Oh, Nightblade. Nightblade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, Sam the Vengeance. So she's another recharge, but she'll recharge on either a five or a six. And that's a D6. Oh, I see. Yep. Whereas Wea only recharges on a six? Yep. Sam recharges on a five or a six. Okay. Um, She is going to be plus 10 to hit, can do magic or non-magic attack, and it'll be 30 damage. And then Ava... Uh, that the is going to be songbird. Yep, the songbird. D six, five or six. Uh, she does not attack, but you will get a random blessing. So that'll either be the like bear strength, cat's grace, okay, whatever. And uh, okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. So you do can- we choose like who she does it to? Yes. Or you can use that as a as a blessing to affect a fortune roll. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yep. Okay. So those are the mechanics to lay out right now. So, you've all planned to put the island down over the gate into Asadel, closing the way in and out, at least for now. It's supposed to be timed perfectly, so that as many of Torva's soldiers as possible will be stranded out in the city. Uh, as a reminder, this is not the way that you all got into Asadel, but it, this is the main gate, which was destroyed by Torva's soldiers and the Blue Dragon. It now hangs crookedly off of its hinges, a gaping mouth into the heart of the dwarven society. Mary looks to you, Fran, waiting for your signal to bring the island down. Roll me a perception check. Alrighty, so Fran uh, nods to Mary and peers over the edge of the island. Oops, and she is stupid. Ah! <laughs> um, yeah, that's only a five. <laughs> Alright. Um, Fran is like, she has a lot on her mind. And she's, like, outwardly shaking as she looks over the edge and says, Uh, do it now! Mary nods and brings the landmass down right in front of the gates of Esadel, blocking the reinforcements stationed inside the dwarven capital, but bottling them up in there at the same time. Still, she sighs with relief and looks out towards the harbor. She then looks to you, Slake, and signs, Okay. Give Laliana the signal. You got it, Mary. Okay, I guess I, I get out uh, a big wave flag that we've prepared, and I and I wave it around. Yes. <laughs> All right. Your ally, Lalina the Waves, laps at the harbor, swallowing more and more of the shoreline. The water sweeps out into the city, bringing with it more of the burning ones who dove into the harbor. They tumble out into Torva's troops like deadly flotsam, lashing out as soon as they find a target. However, the Torvaic soldiers are well-trained and well-armored. Raskar's berserkers, vicious as they are, can only do so much against the metal and scales protecting the dragonborn soldiers who quickly regain their footing, even as the water rises around them. Even so, the burning ones impale themselves on the soldiers' spears, pushing themselves down the haft so they can slash at soldiers' vulnerable spots before they die. Yet, the ring of death around their god still widens. As the water rises, so does the mound of dead upon which he stands. Lalina, goddess of the waves, raises the water higher, faster and faster, and your chunk of Estra resting in the open mouth of the gate to Esadel, goes from floating island to a regular island, surrounded on all sides by flood water, although it is not yet deeper than a couple of feet. From your spot atop the hunk of land, you see Torva's troops losing ground to Raskar and his followers. 
And this is going to bring us to our next fortune roll. In your plans, the goddess Lelina floods the city and Torva's troops retreat back to the fields where the boars and cavalry await an ambush. But will everything go according to plan? Errol, you gave the signal, so I am going to have you roll this one. Oh, hey, that's... That's not bad. Yeah, 17. Uh, 17? Okay, that is a partial success. An eagle-eyed soldier at the head of the fleeing troops spots a glint in the tree line. But her cry of alarm is too late as the Danmari cavalry charge across the field. Torva's troops, caught between the Burning Ones and your soldiers, put up a desperate fight. But they're going to be overwhelmed quickly. However, the Burning Ones, they don't distinguish between foes. And as fierce as they are with Torva's troops, they are exactly the same with yours. Your cavalry are more than a match for them, but the casualties will still be higher than you may have liked. And Laliana's tide brings in something else, too. From the harbor, the great stone construct which the Kiloni kids knocked into the water lumbers up from the deep. The cold iron chain is still tied around its waist, and you are able to follow the slack chain up to the other side of the jetty, where a second stone construct moves to join its sodden mate. The rising water does not slow the pair, and as the waves begin to retreat, they turn toward the western gate, following the fleeing troops toward your soldiers there. What do you want to do? So how do we want to respond to the constructs showing up and... Yes, so these are these guys, if they end up going after your normal troops, they will just absolutely fucking cream them. Mm. These, okay. are, these are big boys. So we're on the island... Um, we have water all around us, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess my, my question is, Kat, like, do we need to roll initiative at this point? Do we all... Whoever wants to go engage with these guys, you will be rolling in traditional initiative. Okay. They're magical constructs, right? But they have chain on them. But they have something between them and the chain? Is it like yeah. they're wrapped up in something? Like the chain is wrapped in... Like cloth or leather or something. You don't know what it is. It's wrapped. Something is wrapped around the chain. My thing would be we need to take out that wrapping. That's very smart. Yeah, because it's probably cold iron. Are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is cold iron. It is, it is cold, cold iron. iron. Yep, oh, okay. Yep, yep. Yeah. 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 So then that would be they would immediately. What would happen to a magical construct if it came into contact with cold iron? Maybe probably turn into a real statue. <laughs> yeah. Disappear. Uh, well, if we're if we're dealing with cold iron, uh, I could head over and um. Sam, you're really good with combat. Do you want to come? You're with already me? talking too much. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Roll initiative. Okay. Well. Okay. So Slake, at least for now, the water is shallow enough for you to move through, uh, but it will be difficult terrain. Okay. Considering the the water, um, I think I will ride on my horse, Peaches, and uh, have Sam uh, join me on that as well. Right. So your horse just charges up. Like, out of nowhere. Out of the water. <laughs> out of the water. <laughs> yeah, it's your horse just charges up out of the water. Healthy. And you're able to just, like, grab it and pull yourself on. And Sam jumps down off of the island and lands on the back of your horse, Slake. She is dressed in uh, armor actually very similar to Phelan's and uh, black leathers. And she draws a sword from her hip. Uh, and the two of you charge up toward the closest construct. And the construct is going to go first because it rolled highest in the initiative. Ba, 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 ba. And it is going to swipe at 
both of you and the horse. Make me a uh, wisdom saving throw. It's okay. Like, let's see how wise I am. Let's just go ahead and hit this bat off the bat. Okay. So wisdom, uh, that's a 14. You fail. Oh, fuck. Uh, so the construct, as you approach, holds out its hand, and your horse just suddenly comes to a, a crashing sort of, not quite a halt, but it slows. And you, too, feel sluggish and slow in a way that is not natural as the construct casts slow. And uh, on a failed save, the target can't use their reactions. Your speed is halved, and you can't make more than one attack on your turn. Oh, fuck. In addition, the target can take either an action or a bonus action, not both. Boo. Okay, uh, what about uh, Sam? Did that affect her as well? Uh, yes, that affected Sam as well. Damn it. Yes, so now it is your turn, Slake, as, uh, as you are slowed. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so for me, that's So that's tough for Slake. Yeah, yeah, yeah you just, Slake. I'm sorry, Slake. You just got fucked. Yeah, and it, is this one that, how long does it last? One minute or until uh, you make a saving throw that succeeds. I, I'm wondering if I can try and now that I'm closer, see what's going on with the cold iron like band that's around mm-hmm. the construct. Yeah. 12? Mm-hmm. With a 12, it's still dark and there's a lot going on. You All you can tell from here is it's wet. Whatever's wrapping the chain is wet? Yes, whatever's wrapping the chain, it came out of the harbor. It's wet. Right. So Okay, well, it's something that can get wet. Yeah. Because if it were just like metal, you wouldn't even yeah. know it was wet. Yeah. So that's something to think about. So it's that's wet. That's just something to think that's about. That's just something to consider. Okay. All it's right. wet and, oh, I'll tell you this also. It's red. Okay. It's red. It's wet meat. It's wet and red. It's meat. Could be could be meat. Could be cloth. There's nothing significant about the color. Dude, just, it's freaking meat. The all right, curtains meat. are blue. The anyway, curtains are blue. Uh, okay, I'm going to roll my saving throw. Okay. Okay, that's a 16. No, that still didn't, you didn't do it. Fuck. Um, Fran, still shaking, looks after Slake and Sam going for one of the constructs and roughly elbows Safia Donhill. Mm-hmm. I think you guys should go after the other one. As you wish. Kukui, with me. And they run towards the construct that is further away, the one that is further down the jetty. All right, so Sam is going to uh, take her action. Actually, I'm going to have you roll this, Errol. I don't want to roll it. Don't make me roll it. Look at Roll I'm... it. Well, it's plus 10 to hit. Uh, and you can decide, do you want a magical attack or a non-magical attack? And what is she attacking? Okay. Really, what she'd be trying to do is get in between the mm-hmm. cold iron band and the construct. Um, so can I can I have her try and attack that? Like, Yes. So basically what I'm going to say is that if you guys want to attack the wrapping, fewer yeah. hit points, harder to hit. Okay. Construct itself, easy to hit. A lot of hit points. And she's got plus 10 to hit. Yeah. So, yeah, so she should hit the... Yeah. So yeah. I'm definitely going to have Sam attack the wrapping that is separating the construct. Okay. That's only 13. Oh, sure. That doesn't hit. That doesn't hit. Oh, sure. That does not work. I beefed everything, you guys. <laughs> it's not, no, it's okay. Listen, hey. It's not your fault. If you, hey, it's listen to me. Wheel of the dice. Hey, hey, don't hey, cry. Don't if cry. If you ever I'm feel bad. So much. If you ever feel bad about yourself, just remember, big drill was not on you. <laughs> So now it is the Construct's turn once again, and it's gonna slam. And welcome to the jam. Mm-hmm. 
thought you might say that. That makes sense. All right, so uh, 26 is going to hit you. Yes. Yeah. Does 19 hit you? Meets it, so it beats it. Meets it, beats it. All right, you get, you got, you got hit twice then. That's going to be 34 damage. Okay. So, man, that's really a lot. Yeah. Yeah, these guys are not fucking around. The Kukui warriors are still heading towards the uh, other construct on the end of the jetty, so they will take another turn to get there. Mm-hmm. All right, so meanwhile, uh, back on the island, Fran and Corbin, you feel the island under your feet start to tremble and shake. And Mary looks down as a boom resounds underneath your feet. Mm. And uh, one of the estrins on the islands shouts, they're trying to blast through. Mary swears and then kneels down and she signs to you guys. I'll keep them off the island and keep them away from everyone else. Good luck. And then she buries her hands in the dirt again. A golden shield coats the ground, protecting the island from any explosives, picks, swords, hammers that they would try and use to get through and reinforce the troops outside of Esudel. However, Mary will be occupied as she keeps this shield up. Okay. I will say, if you really need Mary, you can call for her help. Mm, okay. you, there is just a there that will start a countdown clock of how until they break through. Okay. Okay. All right. So first, uh, Corbin, uh, Fran, do you, either of you want to do anything yet? Do you want to try to get to the construct fights? Do you want to try and uh, reinforce the fields? How are we feeling? Where wait? What are the burning ones doing? They are causing havoc. They, they are currently okay. kind of crushed, right? There's a pincer maneuver happening as burning ones are chasing out Torvaic troops out of the city. Right. And your troops are meeting them in the field. And then the burning ones are kind of just indiscriminately killing. The water yeah. is... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the water is still rising until you give the signal for it to start to recede. Is anybody still in the city? Yes. Right. So it's It's, it's just the guys you want to get yeah. rid of. Yeah. Yes. Would it be possible, Kat? I'm wondering if Mary and I could use some variation of like, when, when basically when we combine our powers mm-hmm. to use um, a sixth level fireball spell. Okay. To basically essentially turn the bottom half of our island into a fireball. Okay. Because I know she's protecting it from damage, but my concern is we're gonna lift this island up eventually and mm-hmm. I don't want a billion people coming out. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Yes, I'm going to say yes. We're just going to roll it like a normal fireball or level six fireball. Generally, a fireball is a dexterity throw. Do you want me to just do a spell attack? Um, Actually, what I'm just going to do is I'll roll a dexterity saving throw and that will determine the number of Mm -hmm. troops that you roast on the other side. Okay. Nope, that's a five. Okay, so then, I mean, I guess I'll roll damage and we can, like, decide. Yeah, just roll damage and I'll I'll convert that into a percentage in my head. Okay, so I got uh, 41 damage. Okay. So Fran grabs onto Mary's shoulders and her eyes start to glow gold along with Mary's as she casts Fireball at the sixth level and sends it through Mary's shield into the bottom side of the island. And the bottom half of this island just glows molten and there's an expansion of fire around it. 
it doesn't expand very far out the front, but you hear screams and smell roasting flesh as smoke crawls up through the cracks that are left between the door to Esadel and where you've parked your island. Corbin? I'm debating going to help Slake. I'm just worried about putting all of our eggs in one basket. Yeah, that's fair, too. Because nothing it's... else is really happening I right mean, now. I mean, we could go try and fix yeah. Big Drill. I could actually go try and fix Big Drill. I mean, first... How, how many turns would it take to get there? I mean, Corbin could fly. Yeah, if I fly, if I use a wild shape, I could fly up there probably in, what, like one turn? We'll say it'll take you two turns. Two turns to fly up to Big Drill? Okay. Yeah. For the sake of expediency. Yeah, yeah. Corbin, Corbin looks at Slake, who just got pancaked, and looks at the soldiers down by the rock who are trying to break through, and looks at Fran and Mary, who are doing their best, and Corbin says, I know where I'm needed most. <laughs> it's not here. I'm not going to let them take Big Drill from what? us. Oh, thank God, Corbin. I'll save Big Drill if I die trying. You're not going to die. No, I, no but, I, but I'm going to do it. Okay, goodbye. And then Corbin turns into a, an eagle, and he begins the arduous vertical climb of flying up the mountain towards Big Drill's location. God, that's going to be cool. Okay. Hell okay. yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Hold we on. don't let Big Drill go that easy. Yeah, we don't let go of Big Drill. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the linchpin of this operation. <laughs> Okay, so we are back up at Slake's turn. Beep, 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 right. And it is the uh, Construct's turn again, actually. Cool. Oops. Can't wait to eat shit again. We're going to be... Silence. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be... You're, you're going to be... Or you're not going to be. Or you're not going to be. be. Okay, it is going to make uh, one attack on Slake again, and that is going to be a 22 to hit. Jesus Christ almighty, bro. Yep. It's like you're dead. Good thing we didn't let the normal warriors go up against this. (laughs) (laughs) And then on its second attack against you, Slake, that is only a 14. Okay, good. It only hits hits you once. Cool. So it is a 25. 25 damage. Okay. I don't like that, but I accept it as reality. All right, Slake. Okay, so it's my turn. Yep. Okay. You're dying. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing great. I'm only at a 43 out of 102, mm-hmm. and I guess I can't really get healed. Well, again, again, Mary can let down the shield. It's just gonna. I mean, know. yeah, that seems ridiculous, though. Like, I don't think it's that ridiculous. I mean, I could try to take out more again too, and then we can just let them do what they want. Yeah, and like yeah. if they take out the island for us, like so sad. Yeah, mm, yeah, because we're gonna we were just gonna move it anyway. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. That's that true. Is. It's very true. It's very true. It's mostly that we don't want them to take it out too soon. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Um, I guess yeah. I'm gonna try again to slash at that binding with the dragon slayer sword. Mm-hmm. Fifteen to hit. No, that doesn't hit. That doesn't hit. And now I get to do at least a saving throw, though. You do get to do a saving throw. See if you can get some more attacks. Oh, it's a seven. It's not. It's a not one. a one, but yeah, no. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not helpful. <laughs> is it Sam's turn? Now? It is Sam's turn, but you'll have to roll to recharge on Sam. Okay. Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> all right. Nothing more for Sam. Uh, all right, Corbin, you are still traveling yep. to the uh, big drill site. Cut it barrels down the mountain. Cut to me uh, panting as a bird. 
with my birds. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You were doing what? <laughs> Cut to me, panting as a bird, using all of my exertion to fly up this mountain at top speed to save Big Drill, panting as a bird. You're you're moving. You're double time. You're moving. Yep. You're panting. Yes. All right. Okay. And now, uh, Fran, what do you want to do? Fran has been watching Slake get fucking just decimated. And she kind of frowns and she says, okay, Mary, let's do one more blast. And then I think Slake needs your help. Mary nods, uh, though she is unable to respond otherwise. Okay. And then I put my hands on Mary's shoulders again. And again, blast a fireball through her. This time it's going to be fifth level. Okay. Let's see if these plus one boys can do anything. No, that is a one. (laughs) The one plus one is a two. They've rolled a two. All right. Soldiers. Idiot Torvay soldiers. (laughs) Now let's not call people idiots for having bad rolls. (laughs) (laughs) Already won again, skis. And now Mary can enter our turn thing, I suppose. After the blast goes off, Mary takes one hand out of the earth. And as soon as she does, the fiery molten lava light just goes out in a second. And then there is another explosion underneath your feet that rocks the island. And that is going to be... Okay. All right. So um, I'll put it like this. Fran, you feel about a quarter of the island underneath you shift away. And Fran like falls to her knees as it shakes underneath her. And uh, Mary is going to go ahead and cast Healing Word at the fifth level for you, Slake. Mm -hmm. And so that is going to be a 24 healing to you, Slake. Oh, that's, yes, very much appreciated. (laughs) Uh, So Mary, she takes, pulls one hand from the dirt of the island and casts it out towards you and her golden light envelops you for a moment and you just feel instantly less smooshed. (sighs) And then Mary plunges her hand back into the dirt uh, in order to maintain the shield on the island. All right. Before we get to the top of the next order, do you want to deploy? You still have uh, the Estrins up on the island with you, Fran. Where should we send them? How about we have the Estrins Break into two groups, and they're going to use a low-level spell to dry off those wrappings. Okay. Hopefully to help mm-hmm. in burning the, the wrappings eventually. All right, so you'll send one of them after uh, the Kukui warriors and one of them to Slake? I don't know how close they need to be, but yeah. Okay. So um, basically what's going to happen, if you're splitting them up, then they are going to be basically just all their stats get halved, so they get plus three to hit. Okay. And they'll do 15 damage. Okay. All right, so uh, you send out the Estrins, so they will slot in at the end of both those turns. So we are going to start then with the construct that is up against Slake. It's going to go after Sam on its first roll and Slake on its second. It's going to hit for both. And that is going to be... Oh, just a baby 16 damage. Okay. It could be it could be worse. It'd be better. Alright, so Sam's taken a hit. Um, and now the Estrins come charging in to help with their attack, and they are going to roll to hit uh, Slake. Why don't you give me a roll? <gasps> oh, 
What just happened? 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 Did you roll a one again? What just fucking happened? Did you roll a one? What yes. happened? Yes. Yeah, they rolled a one. So basically, instead of uh, doing this to hit, we're just doing it as like a how much, so how good does 1%, it do? And that means Torma's gonna kill us. And you God struck us down. And I get to roll to attack. Yes. Torva's gonna kill us. All right, it's fine. Like, we're getting rid of Torva's coming up. We're gonna we're do all our bad rolls now, so that when no. Torva comes, we can nope. do good rolls. No, nope. is we're cursed. Okay, the okay. End of time. So to hit, it's twenty three this time. Oh, you finally fucking hit! Oh, thank God. And uh, I guess sh- I should still just go after like the wrappings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ten damage. Okay. We'll add one to that. It's eleven damage because it has been slightly dried out by the estrus. And you know, nothing's more for, for... Hey, have you tried to cut wet fabric versus trying to cut dry fabric? No, that's true. Okay. It is much harder to cut wet okay. fabric. Okay. I've true. never nice. tried to cut wet fabric in my life. Yeah, I haven't either, but <laughs> well, I'm glad. sorry. Some of us have. Why would I have. try to cut wet fabric? <laughs> you're desperate. Because... You're desperate. Because... Sometimes your iron decides it's going to just pee all over your project and oh. you go, I'm going to keep working on it anyway, mm. but your scissors are kind of damp mm. and then they just keep just mashing the just fabric up instead of cutting it. peeing. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Okay. Okay. So the bindings begin to fray and cut away as you do 11 damage towards them. It looks like you're about halfway to getting them cut. Great. Uh, well, I'm going to try and roll a saving throw now. Yes. Can you... Can you... Speed this up, please. I wish that I fucking could, <laughs> but I can't. Speed it up, cat. We can't control the dice. Hey, cat. Hey, Torma's coming up from hell. Maybe if you wanted to, <laughs> to speed things up, you should have cast slow. <laughs> All right, and now Sam, uh, roll to recharge. See if Sam can go. Oh, okay. What was that again? Six. Yep, five or six. Five or six. Five or six. That's, That's a six. six. That's a six. So Sam oh gets to go God. again. Thank okay. God. Okay, that is 25. 25 hits. Okay, kick ass. And, and then she does how much damage on uh like Sam does 30 static damage. 30 static damage. So Sam yeah. rushes in after you and just cuts the binding to ribbons. Oh, thank God. And as the binding unwraps and uh, reveals the cold iron chain, the construct grinds to a halt. However, its top half is still moving. So only where the iron is. Yeah, it can't. It can't move anymore because it's wrapped around like the lower half of its okay. like waist. But yeah. it can still. It can still pancake. It can mm. still smoosh. Mm. But it's stuck in place. It is. So where it's less of it? a threat. It's in the middle of sort of the main thoroughfare. I mean, if we just there. leave it there, you could just leave it there. Yeah. So that is one construct more or less dealt with. Nice. Um, meanwhile, the Kukui warriors and the Estrins are reaching Construct 2, so let's just go ahead and roll for the Kukui and the Estrins to hit. Okay, um, that's for the Kukui. Uh, so that's a non-natural 20. All right, they oh, hit. Yeah. They hit the wrappings. Okay, and that means they do 20 non-magic damage to it as okay. they scramble up. So they are able to quickly take care of the bindings. You see that sword you scoped earlier? You think his name is Zeno? He slips underneath the construct's heavy stone blows and brings his sword up to slice the wrappings that insulate it from the cold iron that it wields. As the wrappings slip away, he grabs onto the chain and uses it to swing up onto the construct's arm as its movements begin to slow. 
He then delivers a blow to the construct's face, knocking out a chunk of its carved eyes and jumping away before the next blow lands. However, that's why we hired him. The top half of the construct, as previously established, is still moving. Mm. Uh, and it is going to... Let's see how many of them get taken out in the process. All right, that definitely... They get hit in the process, and ouch. Uh-oh. Of the 50 warriors, 10 of them get smushed by the construct oh. right out the bat. Damn. So actually, so now you have 40 Kukui warriors. Jesus. Yep. People die when they are killed. They do, and that is going to take it down to being plus seven to hit, and they will only do 18 damage. Okay. But they are now out on the field, which means it is time for fortune roll two. Okay. Oh, God. The burning stragglers. Mm. While all of this is happening, the burning ones have continued to pull themselves up out of the harbor, full of the burning light of their rage-mad god. They do not seem to see or care about the difference in uniform colors or banners, They attack the first target they see with wild ferocity. And now, your soldiers are on the field. So why don't you give me a fortune roll? Okay. Oh, that's a 19! Yeah! A 19, that is a total success! Hell yeah! Woo! Safia sees the burning ones approaching from the harbor and gives the order to her warriors to spread out and defend the Estrans. They catch the burning ones before they can get close to your Estrin warriors and slay them one by one. Well done. Whew. You did not lose. You didn't lose a bunch of Estrins. However, uh, the Kukui warriors are going to be busy for the next uh, couple of turns as they protect the Estrins. Cool. So let's head up and see what's going on with Corbin. Yes, I am flying. All right. So Corbin, you catch up with the billowing cloud of snow that is... Your team of mechanists plus Rove and the warriors that you sent up to escort the mechanists. Mm-hmm. You see Rove white in her icy aspect, her hair a mane of icicles behind her as she crouches with her hands plunged into the ice shelf as it careens down the mountain. Rove is doing everything she can to keep everything level so that the pieces of the big drill don't slide or break as the dwarven mechanists hold on for dear life. They are surfing down the side of the mountain on an ice shelf, and coming down the mountain behind them is a massive ice worm. Warren. So, Corbin, why don't you roll me initiative? That's 12. Okie dokie. You are going to go before the worm, Corbin. Oh, thank God. The worm. Uh, actually, you have you have access to resources now that you have caught up to Big Drill. Okay. You now have uh, with you you get twenty four dwarven mechanists. They get plus three to hit, and they do ten damage each time, which means, by the way, they have forty four hit points. You have fifty magic estrin fighters, uh, plus six to hit, thirty damage. Okay. You have fifty of the Madrian warriors. Plus eight to hit, they do 20 damage. And then you have Rove, who is a D6 to recharge. A five or a six will recharge her. And that's 15 to hit, 30 magical damage. What are you going to do? How uh, big, like how wide is the worm? It is gargantuan. What is, like, is it? <laughs> like a house? Is its head, like if it's coming at me in width, is it l- wider than five feet? Yes. 16 squares on the grid. Christ almighty. 
So, uh, and a grid is five. So yeah, it's quite big. Okay. Bigger than a house. Okay, so, so I, salt? I'm gonna get as close as I can as a bird and then turn back into a boy mm-hmm. when I land. And I'm sure they love. I'm sure they love that. And I wanna try and get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a little bit ahead of it so that as I fall, I maybe hopefully land in the middle. <laughs> Make me a dexterity saving throw. Okay, I'm going to die. I'm going to die, you guys. Oh, no. You're not going to die. You're not going to die. Until you've over- Torva comes up from hell to well, get you. that's not a good throw. That's a nine. Oh, God, no. With a yeah. nine, Corbin, you're going to lose your your first turn to, to landing. Well, you guys. <laughs> that's not good. I told you I was going to die. So, so sorry. Corbin, you, you, die. you don't die, no. And uh, you won't take damage from this either, but you okay. are going to lose your turn for this first turn. You just biff it on the landing. Yeah, that's fair. You just go straight nosedive do into I, this. Do I land on the actual ice shelf at least? Yes, you do okay. land on the ice okay. shelf. With a nine, you land on the ice shelf. Okay, okay, you didn't okay, die. Okay. Cool. You didn't do it as good as you could have, though. That's all right. <laughs> you know what? If I if I face plant on the ice shelf and I am prone and needed to, to use my turn to stand up, that's okay. So uh, <laughs> as you crash land into the ice shelf, the dwarves all shout and the uh, warriors point their weapons at you until Trek comes forward and goes, it's you. It's me. I'm here to save you guys really well and do a good job. (laughs) Hey guys. Oh, I think my bones are broken. Get down. I'm already down. As as Trek shouts this, the ice worm does a leap out of the ice and catches the back of the ice shelf. And I'm going to roll to hit 26 to hit. I will take the damage. Yes. Okay. So that is going to be, it like sees you. It's, you're like a worm. I, I roll. When I see it coming, I roll towards it so that I am <laughs> you its take main the target. Yeah, I, I sacrifice myself. All right. So yeah, it like leaps out so that it, it just grazes you, Corbin, mm-hmm. with its many, many teeth. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take one, uh, one attack against you here. And so that is going to be 22 bite damage plus... Oh, great. I love to hear plus after that. Mm-hmm. Six cold damage. And now make me a dexterity saving throw. Fourteen? Mm-hmm. I don't like this. Cat, I don't like it. I don't like your Cat. reaction. All right, Corbin. So the ice worm comes down on the shelf and scrapes its many, many teeth. And you roll to try and keep it away from everybody else. And as you do, you roll into its mouth and are swallowed. <sighs> I can't believe that the worms are finally getting their revenge on Corbin. <laughs> this is actually, you know, this is the most cosmic, karmic justice that could possibly end. This is really a win. You're in the I worm. Really, I really just dropped down from the sky and rolled into the worms. <laughs> oh, I'm here to help. The epic final I, love, I do love that you said I'm here to rescue you and then we're immediately eaten. So now it is, you're going to keep rolling for for us here, Corbin. Okay. Uh, the dwarves are going to uh, take a turn here as you get swallowed and they all shout, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet they do. I don't know that seven is going to really do it. No, no, that, uh, nope, they don't, yeah, okay. they don't hit. Okay. And now it is going to be the Estrans okay. doing magical damage. That's 
uh, 19 plus 6. Okay, so they hit. 25. Hell they, yeah. the, they hit. 30 magical damage, beach. Okay. Next up is the Madrians. Okay. That's a 19 plus 8. Okay. They uh, hit. 20 damage. Okay. And now um, Rove is, for the moment, busy holding the yeah. ice shelf together, so she will not have a turn. So okay. let's check back in with Fran. You've got two constructs that are immobile, but still squishing. And then there are there's the battle outside the city, which is going well so okay. far. And the island is currently protected by Mary still, so you're good there. Is anyone and, left on the island? Uh, no, it's just Mary and Fran mm-hmm. currently. And Wea. Yep, and Wea, actually. Wea is with you. And we're using the island to block the passage. Yep, Corbin is currently engaged in the worm. Okay. And, and then there's, there's also just like, I mean, there's just fighting going on in the city okay. as well. Is the city as flooded as it's going to get? Or can we take out more soldiers if we let it flood more? I think it's gonna, it's as flooded as you're going to get okay. from fleeing soldiers. So then we wanted to use Lalina's wave powers to wash out mm. people who are floating around. Yeah. As much as possible. Um, so I, I want to send up an illusion of... Like a whirlpool, like a toilet flushing, like water going away mm-hmm. high up into the sky where Lelina can see it, uh, signaling her to wash everything out of the city that she possibly can and give us a better terrain. Okay. I'm going to have you go ahead and give me a fortune roll. Okay. And we'll see how many of them get washed out. Um, that's a 17. That's a 17, so that is going to be a partial success. So, the fighters that are still in the city, both the Burning Ones and Torva's troops that are either unable or unwilling to get out of the city, are pulled back as the tide suddenly and violently pulls itself to shore. Luckily, most of your Estrins and Kukui warriors saw the signal before the waves began to recede and they are able to keep their footing. With that, you will lose, I'll say, another five each. For right now, that's not going to affect their damage or anything. Right. So you will uh, lose some of your Estrins and some of your Kukui as it was not a total success, but most of them are prepared and managed to find something to hold on to as the tide violently pulls soldiers and burning ones out of the city and into the harbor where they are at the mercy of Lalina and her far more terrifying brother Sertinus. I have a question. Yes. And it's a question I know that I'll regret asking. (laughs) Um, Why don't you keep it to yourself? But I love that you're asking it. Please ask it. You've already started and now I know that you want to ask a question. You can't take it back. You can't take it back. You gotta ask. It's too late. It's too late anyway. It's fine. Where is Raskar? <laughs> Don't worry about it. He's he's he. We can't see him. Clearly, he's lost we are not He was standing on a pile of guys. Yeah, he's standing w- on a pile of dead bodies. That last you saw him, he was on a pile of dead bodies. You have since lost track of him in the melee. Okay, got it. Okay, Listen. all right. That's a fine answer. <laughs> for now. <laughs> for now. For now. For now. I mean, that's. That's the that's the best answer I could hope for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not well, what what was Kat gonna say? He's dead. <laughs> yeah. He well, died off screen. I was he got behind you by a bee. Behind <laughs> you. That's what I'm saying. 
saying. Like, yeah. that's why I'm saying it's the best possible yeah. answer. Yeah. Like, I don't know where he is. That's fine. Yep. Yep. He died off screen. He can't hurt me if I don't know where he is. If yeah. I can't see him, he can't hurt He's me. He's not on screen yet, so he can't hurt you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that was Fran's turn. Unless there's anything else you want to do, Fran? I'm I'm going to say to Wea, mm-hmm. protect Mary. I, I'm going to go help my friend. Wea nods to you and takes up a guard position in front of Mary. Okay. And I, I nod to her shakily. Um, how am I going to get there? I've got it handled. He's how am I going to get to make worms? Can you turn like, into a fart to... cloud or something? Yeah, but like, I, have... I move slow as a fart cloud. Oh. And you're a, you're a, wa- can't you just swim through the snow? Do you have any s- no. special tools? Like a, you ask Ava to take you. Actually, that's not a bad idea. That's true. I could ask Ava to take mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I whistle, I go, and take a running start and jump on her back. And we're going to head on over to Corbin. All right. You will pop in on the next turn on Big Drill. Okay. Slake. Okay. It's you. It's the Kukui Warriors. It's some of the Estrans. You've managed to hang on as you were almost washed away. And you still have a construct in front of you that uh, is full smushing power. Zero locomotive power. Mm. Yes. So I'm thinking... It would be a good idea for all of us here to flank it. Okay. Um, and the other thoughts I'm having... Now, their their spell on me is still in effect. Yeah, you, um, you are. Yeah. Or, do you think it's a waste of time to be fighting? Well, then again, if I kill it, it does end the stupid fucking yeah. spell. Yeah, yep, that's exactly. Yeah, that's worth spell. it. Okay, so remembering that stone constructs are only vulnerable to magical attacks... I think I'm going to switch to the Rapier of Wounding uh, that Zayroth gave me. So let me, I guess, give that a try. Uh, so that's only 14 to hit, so I'm going to use one of my maneuvers. So that's Precision Attack. Okay, not bad. So that's an 8 to add on to the 14. That'll hit. Hell yeah. Hooray! Mm-hmm. And the thing about the Rapier of Wounding is that it does... Once per turn, when you hit a creature with an attack using this magic weapon, you can wound the target. At the start of each wounded creature's turn, it takes 1d4 necrotic damage for each time you've wounded it. And it can then make a DC 15 constitution Oh, yeah. That's why this sword is cool. It's because it it starts to, like, build Build up. up. So that is um, 7 damage. Okay. And then on its turn, it's going to take 1d4 and then make a saving throw. And then I need to make a saving throw. Yes, make a saving throw. Let's see if you can get some more attacks and become more effective again. (laughs) So that's a six. (laughs) You are still slow. Damn. Okay. Slake is overwhelmed. They cannot feel wisdom. No. You went to help the wrong fucking person. (laughs) I'm fine. All right. But you also do uh, still have Sam there to help you. Oh, yeah. As well as uh, Semestrans. It's a five. Five or a six on Sam. So she is recharged. Okay, cool. Roll to hit with Sam. Yes. Okay. So that's 20, non-natural. Okay, that hits. Cool. 30 damage static for her. Yep. All right, so the contract was momentarily stunned by the chains wrapping coming unraveled and uh, it being exposed to the cold iron and, and stopped in its tracks, but it has recovered enough to start slamming once again. And I'm behind it, All right. so I'm safe. Yep, so it's going to be attacking Estrans and Sam here. Oh, never mind. I feel bad. 
No, you're safe. No, you're safe. You're safe, Slake. No, you're safe. You're Don't safe. Feel bad. Don't you're feel safe. bad. The yeah, Estrans yeah. aren't real people. They're, They're real. numbers. Yeah, but they're real. You know. No, you're safe. Consequence. Yeah, they do all have Story. families and stories, yeah. and they're all survivors of a terrible tragedy that are putting their lives on the line but to the save you. Thing. But the important thing is that you're safe. Anyway, um, it rolled a two against the Estrans, so you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, they, uh, it is going to hit Sam though, and uh, Sam gets absolutely smacked. Oh, no. And she she goes sprawling. Okay, what is the wounding damage? It's literally just 1d4, but they build up. Okay, so that's three damage from the uh, sort of wounding effect. Okay, beautiful. All right, and uh, now the Estrans do get a, they get a little attack, a little baby attack. So give me a roll. 19 plus. Whatever, it hits. Yeah. Okay, so that hits the construct and uh, their magical attacks begin chipping away at the stone and crumbling it to sand. Okay, and now, Corbin. It's me. You're in the guts of a big, big worm. I'm in the guts of a big worm. In the guts of a 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 big, big worm. Okay. All right. Corbin. Yes. You are in the worm, so you are blinded and you are restrained, but you also have total cover against attacks. And Oh, and you have disadvantage. On attack rolls? Yeah, on attack rolls. Okay. I'm going to cast Blight. I'm just going to cast Blight. Just Blight it. I'm just going to Blight it. Just Blight it. I'm simply going to Blight it uh, at the fifth level. Okay. That it needs to make a constitution saving throw. That's a seven. <laughs> that is not it. Uh, <laughs> it's going to die. Uh, Get him. I hope. And that is uh, 38 necrotic damage. 38 necrotic damage. All right. That is enough that you gave it some indigestion. And the worm retches and barfs you right up. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Although you were safe in there. I was. But you know what? If things look bad, I'll just roll into the worm's mouth. But <laughs> <laughs> ships are not meant to stay in harbor. So, you know what? You really changed my life. <laughs> Corbins were not meant to stay inside the guts Corbins of a worm. Corbins were not meant to stay inside of worms, but ships always return to the harbors at which they are docked. Okay. And Corbins always return to the worms at which they are hungry. So, all right, Corbin, you are barfed up by the worm and it spits you back out onto Rove's ice shelf. You roll to a stop. You are prone. You are covered in icy guts. Everybody stay calm. I'm here to rescue you. (laughs) All right, now it is the worm's turn again, and the worm lets out a trill. Cute. It is a haunting, it emits a haunting cry. Every creature within 60 feet of the worm must succeed on a wisdom saving throw. Corbin, how wise are you? Um, pretty wise. Can I, can I foley the trill? Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Great trail. Everybody. Great, okay. great fully work from everyone today. Thanks. Okay, I'm not gonna use that fucking sick ass shitty ass. I love dice. that we're all sharing one deck. <laughs> <laughs> we're like it's not even doing that well. It's doing okay, which is better than the other dice. We're, we're like doing. the three fates with the one eyeball. <laughs> uh, wisdom, you said right? Yeah. Wisdom. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's a natural twenty. Woo! So a get waste fucked. of a natural twenty. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, worm? <laughs> All right. Corbin so. jumps to his feet 
and like he feels even better. Than he feels usual. amazing. <laughs> he spins around, and the and the gut chunks fly off of him. <laughs> well, you don't jump to your feet because you're prone. I know, but like that's what he thinks. He break dances <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> he's prone, but in his mind, that's what he's. <laughs> All right. Um. So you are not stunned. Okay. No, that's fine. Cat. <laughs> that's fine. You're not stunned. Whatever. It's okay. You can it's be fine. jealous. It's fine. That I you're was not, break dancing. You're not. Fine. It's fine. Anyway, you're going to get bit again. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, all right. It does another big leap and it rakes its teeth across the ice. Let's see if it hits you, Corbin. Yeah, that hits you. That's a 31. Um, all right. So that is going to do a nice little 29 damage to you. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to do another 13 cold damage. Mm-hmm. 29 plus 13. Jesus. Yeah. Um, I have 12 hit points left. <laughs> can you heal yourself? I can. Yeah, I can. All right. So that's that. And now we've got some damage to do from the dwarves, Estrans, Madrians. Okay. The dwarves and their guns. And if you want uh, Rove to stop moving the platform, then she can also take a turn. But the ice worm would just run into us. Yeah, it would. It would. It would. It would be hurt. a bad idea for that to happen. So yeah, but not... I wanted to give you the option to have no, the bad and idea. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, cat. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to tempt you. Okay, that's uh, 19. Okay, that hit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, for the dwarves, so that's 10 damage from them. Uh, okay. All right. 10 damage. Beautiful. Cat, can I have the Estrans uh, heal me instead of attack? Yes. I'll allow it. Oh, because shit. I, I should have been fucking doing that. <laughs> well, <laughs> you should have thought of the idea and asked me earlier. For 30 same damage, 30, 30 heal, 30 yeah. dam. Yeah, you could desperately use 30 hit points I right could now. Really I'm considering also healing myself on my turn. <laughs> okay, so the we'll Astrans will uh, heal you for 30 points okay. of healing. Uh, and then Madrians? Yep. Okay, they are going to roll. They're going to roll their bodies along the mountain. That's 25. Uh, That hits. Okay. Uh, 20 damage from the Midrians. Okay. What are they doing? Do they have the bows that I got them? Yes. Does everybody have bows and arrows? bows and arrows. The Midrians, uh, they are dipping their arrows in flaming pitch and firing at the worm and embedding flaming arrows in its thick hide. Sweet. Now, Fran. Yeah. Before it's your turn. Yeah. We have another fortune roll. Nothing's going to happen to me. Yeah, you're fine. I'm just letting you guys know. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Nothing's going to happen to you, Fran. Nothing's going to happen to you. <laughs> Nothing's- okay. Fran, from your position on Ava's back, you can see the fight that's happening in the fields outside of Rudfall. Oh. To the east, the Danmari cavalry are making mince meat out of the fleeing Torva soldiers and to the west Varahara and his boars are doing the same only you hear a horn sound and as you look down you spot Alden perched upon Varahara's back pointing and then Ava gasps and she says to you it's the snake a tomb she's going for Varahara And you see a path of destruction being wrought as the massive body of a tomb slithers through the forest, 
straight for the boar god. Uh, Roll me a fortune roll. I am so glad this one did not happen to me. Torva has been fucking that snake. He's been fucking that snake for (laughs) millennia. Dude. We can use Abba yes. if you need to. If yes, you need, thank you. if you but need, but you to- would probably not then be able to come help me. Well, but I'm doing fine, so you really don't need to. If be anything to happens help to Barahara, I'll kill everyone. I would rather die than let something happen to Barahara. Literally, I can just see Cat writing her stupid little notes, being like, "What's gonna hurt them the most?" Exactly. That's my father. You're Fucking not wrong. Dude, my you dad. knew what you were doing. You're not wrong. Uh, uh. <laughs> okay, so that's a 13. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is a partial success. Okay. Okay. What is that? And what would we would have to get like a shit ton to get a total success, correct? Like, uh, yeah, so you'll roll a d10 and you need to get up to a, I believe, a 17. So somebody, yes. but somebody is going to die or something bad is there's going to be a complication. Yeah, it there's going to be, be a complication. Could, it does like, not mean somebody's going to die. Could, yeah. But it might be something. He could be poisoned and immobilized. He could be poisoned and immobilized. Don't give cat ideas, you guys. Shut well, up. I'm fine, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm bargaining because he can't die. It's, We're going through the stages of grief. He can't die, is all I'm saying. He can't die. He can't. As he long as he's poisoned he and immobilized but alive, we that's can okay. Save him later. We, we can, can save him later. Okay. Cat, um, lay it on us. I mean, also, I, that's, he shouldn't even be poisoned you, and immobilized. He should just be like a little bit sad or something. Like. <laughs> Because if he's immobilized, someone could come and they could get him. I mean, a total success would probably be they just like fucking kill a tomb, right? Yeah, no, so that's, that's what I'm just, assuming. Like, still gonna be Cat doesn't fine. even have to DM anymore. We're doing it for it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. That's it's why fine. I can't use nothing is gonna happen. Thing. I said nothing's gonna happen and nothing's gonna fucking. Cat, <laughs> we're ready. Please put us out of our misery. <laughs> I'm not going to use a blessing because it seems unlikely that it's even going to work. I get it, I get it. Yes, I agree, I agree. I think that's the right choice. All right. The massive serpent crashes out of the forest, fangs bared as it leaps over the puny mortal warriors and wraps its coils around Varahara. Alden leaps from Varahara's back and stabs into the serpent with his spear, finding the vulnerable point between her scales and plunging it in deep. This gives Varahara the moment he needs to get one massive tusk under the heavy coil of a tomb's body and toss her off of him. Alden readies his spear, and then Varahara is charging a tomb. A tomb recovers, bearing her fangs, and the two meet, locked in a desperate struggle. The mortal fighters on this field scatter in the wake of their battle. As Varahara and Atum continue to tumble, you see a flash of Atum's fangs. And then Varahara drives her into the forest. And that is the last you see of them. Oh my god, fucking cat. He's poisoned and paralyzed, but alive. We, I, I, listen, we don't know. He is alive in the forest. He is Schrodinger's Barahara. Schrodinger's And the other thing is that Schrodinger's dad. (laughs) 
the other thing is that um, that Ava can also do like a random blessing and mm-hmm. that recharges. So if we need to have her like bless Farhar to make sure he's strong Alive. and healthy and okay. I mean, yeah. her blessings are very specific. That's yeah. true. They're not like a healing. Right. But like if, he, if, you know, if it made him even more stronger or then he could kill him. But like if it somehow became very suspe- specific and then healed him 100,000 health points and then he was fine. <laughs> he made him immortal so he could never die. <laughs> You guys, we're fucked. <laughs> this is like, but but literally, Torla is coming from hell. <laughs> it's fine, and we're he's fine. in my head, and there's flames on both sides of my face. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> You're fine. Everyone's fine. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> Fran, Fran watches this. Her literally, like, her teeth are chattering at this point. She's barely holding it together. <laughs> All right. Well, you are now above Iceworm. Ava gets you there just in time for you to see Corbin spat out of the worm. <laughs> and for Corbin to do a mental breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I can't remember. Are we all, are us three psychically linked? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're all so psychically linked. So then you linked. would feel my psychic breakdance, my mental breakdance. All three I of you. I feel it, and I'm like. All two of you, all three of you. Pretty cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes, you would. Pretty good. That guy's wise as hell. <laughs> uh, yes. But we can also feel that you saw Varahara being yeah. chased yeah. into the forest. Being killed. My mental breakdance I mean, feels. being alive. Too. It, it feels <laughs> a little bit tone deaf in light of that. <laughs> no, no. Right. you didn't know. I you didn't can't blame know. yourself. You're right. You didn't know. You're right. You didn't no, know yet. Didn't know. Oof, okay. For my turn, I'm gonna attack a worm. Attack a worm, attack a worm, attack a worm. Uh-huh. I'm gonna fireball the worm, of course, aiming to avoid it impacting the uh, shelf. Yeah, you've got plenty of room. It's a big worm. Why does big worm have to roll? Uh, dex. You wouldn't believe this, but the big worm does not have a lot of dexterity. <laughs> what? That's an 11 minus one. That is 10. <laughs> that doesn't pass. All right. So um, Fran points down at it and a spark of light comes out of the tip of her finger and like grows in velocity and literally grows until it's a huge fireball slamming down into the back of the worm. For 22 damage. Make that 44 damage because it is vulnerable to fire. Hell yeah. I wondered. I wondered. (laughs) And then Ava's like circling Mm -hmm. and Fran calls down, I'm here to rescue you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Corbin is absolutely just deeply... Uh, shamed. <laughs> and Fran feels that through the telepathic bond. Yeah, he yeah. he rolls over onto his face. And she laughs. We're sliding down the mountain. There's snow. Yeah. How deep is it? Like, if I stuck my hand... Very deep. Are there any rocks? Oh, yeah. There's, like, big boulders and Oh, shit. great. Any that I could touch? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Rove, can you push us up the hill? Up the mountain? With your strong power, lady powers. Can you, is that how? Rove like glances down at you as if she has just remembered you exist. She loves me. <laughs> and she goes, yes, I can push us up the mountain, but I will not push us directly into that thing's mouth. Okay. If there was a way that I could get the worm to. Whatever not- you're going to do, just do it. Okay. 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 
Corbin uses, uh, Corbin, the next boulder that we pass, uh-huh. Corbin reaches out his hand mm-hmm. as we are flying past it, and he brushes it as though it were, as though it were grass along, <laughs> as though it were something along you the promenade, <laughs> as though it was something that you would brush casually with your fingers. And uh, he's going to cast Stone Shape and create a ramp immediately behind us as we pass by mm-hmm. in the hopes it's just smooth as hell like a shark so that the the worm just glides right up that ramp as it comes up behind us tony hawk bonus combo tony hawk bonus and it does a 360 and it does a kickflip ollie and ollie and the ramp goes like straight up so it just really flies up like one of those worms on a string and then Rove, after that, will reverse our trajectory and have us go back the other way, and then the worm will be flying (laughs) (laughs) above us, (laughs) and then the worm will fall and fly, and it will, because the mountains also sloped, the worm will continue to fall, and then it will land on the soldiers left in the city, (laughs) and it will go exactly like that. God, I, I I want you guys to know I have I there are two wolves inside me right there now. Are, there are two wolves is, inside me right now. This is how I'm fighting against your evil Varahara tactics <laughs> by presenting you with a situation that is so amazing. Okay, all right, you make a ramp. All right, so it's the worm's turn, and Corbin, you catch that worm on the ramp, mm-hmm. and oh my God, just like Anthony Hawk. The worm goes up the ramp and uh, it catches a little bit as it's going up. And so it starts spinning. Uh, <laughs> it starts uh, spinning as it... 740. <laughs> as it flies through the air. What sound did it make when it flew off the ramp? <laughs> Meanwhile, all according to plan, Ro reverses the ice shelf up the mountain and you guys begin to climb. Oh, sick! Take that worm! This is how Big Drill can still win! I'm gonna eat your grandchildren! Slake. Slake? <laughs> no! Oh no! Like, oh no! <laughs> Am I being blended on like, that worm? You feel the ground rumbling, and when you look behind you, that cloud of ice and snow that's been barreling down the mountain has suddenly gotten a lot closer and is moving a lot faster. And then from it, you see... (laughs) From it, you see a giant worm come spinning out. It crashes through the buildings of Rudval as it touches down. Leaving a trail of icy destruction. Okay, okay, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As it, it lands on the soldiers. 40 feet from you. Okay. <laughs> on the soldiers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No, it, la- it lands 40 feet in front of you and it is momentarily stunned. <laughs> we really were just like, we can let Slake deal with all of the problems. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Okay, well, it's actually, (laughs) it's Fran's turn now. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Corbin Corbin turns to you and says, 
You're not needed here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so awkward. All right, I'm back. <laughs> Follow that word. <laughs> All right. So your turn is spent moving back down the mountain towards the worm. Okay, Slake. So here's the thing. You have a construct and a worm, and there's another construct moving <laughs> in the distance. Well, my thought is this. So I see this this giant worm landing, and I'm thinking that maybe I can solve one problem with another problem. Like, if this worm starts to charge us, the construct can't move. Yeah. We can move. Yeah. yeah. If we could. Um, so my plan is that because the construct can't move, that we can have the worm that's trying to get to us come through and plow through it, and then we can we can run off at the last second. Okay. But since I have slow, uh, I'm thinking what I'll do is if I use my turn to call my horse and get up on it, then when the the worm comes through, can I have a roll to escape? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You get everybody in position. The uh, the Astrid and Sam all run to the other side of the construct. Corbin. Yes. You are with Big Drill. It is time for the Big Drill fortune roll. Oh, God. Okay, give me the good dice. <laughs> I can't do this again. Give it to me. Okay. So, Rove charges you all back up the mountain, up to the original drill site, where the scaffolding is a little bit worse for wear. It's gotten a bit mangled by the appearance of the ice worm, but it's still there, and the mechanists <sighs> leap from the ice shelf and run back towards their work. Corbin, roll me a fortune roll. Let's see how their work goes. Drill, baby, drill. That's a 16. Okay. That's a partial success. Do you want to try and push it up to a full success? What do you guys think? Do we know how many more we have to do? We'd have to hit 18. Oh, Oh, well, then we should definitely Oh, yeah. Okay, then, yeah. So... That's a three, which... That is a total success. Oh, big drill. Big drill. All right. The mechanists are able to repair the scaffolding quickly. It isn't as badly damaged as they initially thought. Oh, my God. And they've, through their terrible flight down the mountain, they had managed to preserve the pieces of the drill. And they are able to finish their work, putting the drill together quickly. And then... They turn it on, and the drill begins to turn. Okay, so now we're in Fran's turn. Okay. Fran, you are you are on the back I'm of fly. A, a songbird that is magically large enough to hold you. I'm telepathically connected to Slake, so I know their plan. Yeah. Um, so that being the case, I think I'm going to use Wall of Fire, and I'm going to cast it basically like over the back half of the worm Mm -hmm. so that it is within range to take damage and that it will be motivated to go forward and go away. Okay. Nice. Nice. Towards a a slake. So uh, how does it take damage? How does anyone do anything? Okay. So it's going to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. And we know it's not dexterous. We know that. It rolled a 17. That does not quite make it. Okay. So it takes damage. 
All right, so it takes 32 fire damage as it, I'm sure, throws itself forward away from the firewall. And it took the bonus fire damage, right? Oh, you're right. So it's going to be... 64. 64. Will you still feed me? Will you still feed me? Damn, because it's it's fire. Yep, okay. The worm is looking bad. Juniper, would you do the trill? Oh, yeah. Of its pain as it... I love worm. <laughs> All right, take out that construct, wormy. All right, Let's so go. the worm charges away from the fire. The worm is going to charge directly at the construct, so I guess I'm going to roll against the construct. And then just like have to roll to get out of the way. Yep. Uh, okay, so that is going to, yeah, that fucking hits that. So now we find out if Slake dies. <laughs> All right, so it is going to hit. Slake, can you go ahead and roll me a dexterity saving throw? All right. 14. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I do have... That's some pretty good roll. Relentless Endurance, where I can drop to one hit point instead of zero hit points if I need to. Okay. Yeah, you're going to need to... (laughs) <laughs> oh no. Okay. That is going to be 23 damage. Okay. The, I actually that does actually leave me with one hit point anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh Look God. at that. So, so Slake, I'm doing great. <laughs> so it's like as the worm is charging at you, you try and get out of the way. You are on your horse. You are trying to get it in gear. And yet the worm is so much faster than you were expecting. And it clips you with its icy hide. As it touches you, you are going to take 3d6 cold damage from its freezing body, which is going to be a cool 10. Okay, so n- normally that would kill me. However, yeah, I'm, I'm like barely still alive. <laughs> you are just barely still alive enough that you and your horse are able to make it out of the way and it also transfers those 23 fighting damage uh, against the construct and the 12 freezing body damage, which is going to be just enough to absolutely fucking obliterate it. Oh. Yes. Woo. You have Hell yeah. two birds, one stone construct. Well, the worm is still alive. Well, okay, actually, you still got a worm. Uh, And Slake, you are, uh, against all odds, still hanging in there. Also looking incredibly bad. Also looking incredibly bad. And Fran is just, like, in the sky going, oh, fuck! I'm I'm doing fine. You're doing fine. Okay, so we're going to go roll for Sam to hit the worm. Indeedly so. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. So to hit the worm, that's like over 20. That'll hit the worm. Hell yeah. Uh, and that means that Sam will do 30 damage to the worm. So Sam leaps towards the worm and takes her sword and rams it down the worm's throat, killing it. Oh my God. Finally. Hell yeah. Well, uh, this worked out great. <laughs> I say blood like pouring out of my <laughs> eyes and ears. <laughs> And now, it's time for the last fortune roll. Oh. So while all of this has been happening, 
this battle raging from the mountaintops to the fields to the streets of the city. Raskar has been making his way towards the gates to Esadel, destroying any soldier in his path, heedless of what colors they wear. He has a small band of warriors gathered around him, all painted with white ash and smeared in blood. His path finally takes him to his destination, the great doors of Rudval, which are currently blocked by Mary and the island she's holding there. Wea steps in front of Mary, but her eyes lock with Raskar, and she seems frozen, unable to act against her brother God. Their eyes lock, and then Raskar takes a running leap and comes down with a heavy crash into the soft estrin soil. Mary looks at him, looks at Wea, and realizes that her protector cannot act to save her. She pulls her hands from the ground and wraps herself up in her shield, but it won't last long unless she's able to fight back. All right, guys. Who wants to make the fortune roll? Oh, my God. Not me. Not me. I'm going to do it. Can we have Ava give, like, a blessing on your dice roll or something? No. We We can't do anything. You just have to roll it. What if we didn't? You have to roll it. Oh. You remember when you said, like, you could just see me sitting there thinking, thinking what's, what's going to hurt, hurt you guys? Yeah. I hate you, cat. Yeah, I, I knew three things would hurt you. Big drill. Okay. That's a 15. A 15? Partial All right. Success, we can success. use. This is our last roll, right? Yes. Yeah. So let us. as well. Let us let us use Ava. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna use Ava's turn to impart a blessing upon Mary. Okay. Go ahead and roll me that d10. Okay. See if you can push this up to a total success. Is that a ten? I rolled a ten. Oh! Yeah. Mary's yeah. gonna beat his ass. Yeah. yeah. Gonna kill him. With, All the, right. with the support of Ava. Yes. With the support of Ava. Yes. All right. Raskar slams his mace down into Mary's shield over and over again. Mary holds as long as she can, and then when Raskar's mace is raised above his head, she drops the shield and rolls away. A trill from Ava lets her know just how fast she needs to move, so that Raskar's mace slams down into the ground where it is stuck in the stone. As he tugs his weapon free, Mary gets behind him and unleashes a wave of force, which shoves him back towards the edge of the island. However, during all of this, Mary had to drop her shield. And a voice coming up from below says, well, well, well. And then an arm pushes through the crack between the door and the island. And then a blonde head appears as Orestes leverages himself up onto the top of the island. This is fine. And he says, you know, and he brushes some dirt off of himself. This is exactly what I always imagined this family reunion would be like.
just like Anthony Hawk, uh, it goes up the ramp. Yep. And then... <laughs> yes, it does. I literally spent, like, the whole time being like, now who is Anthony? <laughs> Anthony Hawk. You know what? He gets that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he gets that a lot. <laughs>